And this losing streak is all over, big time. 49 and up. Welcome, everybody, on a Tuesday afternoon. I'm Stephen Ochansky, and this is the State News Sports Podcast. Wherever you may be listening, however you may be listening, we welcome you into the show on a Tuesday, and we hope you had a good weekend as we did watching sports. And if you were a sports fan, you saw three upsets in the top four in college football, something that hasn't happened in a long time. I think 1985, yeah, the, I believe. I, I, how many upsets were there in the top ten? Like seven? I, you got a good amount. I, that, I, that was the first time since 1985, and that is why everybody loves college football, because nothing is ever secure. Nothing is ever set in stone, and... You, you like drama. That's why you watched TV shows like The Walking Dead oh, yeah. or Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And that that's why There's sports... always that element of suspense. Yeah. But the, the best thing about sports is that it happens live. Yeah. And it happens live and nobody can script it. Oh, no. And it's, it's pure and utter chaos. It, it keeps you glued to the TV. I mean, the commercials kill your vibe sometimes. But even then, you're like, you're sweating through the commercials. You're like, is it fine? Is, are they going to pull it off? I mean, watching those games, I mean, you know, I'm sitting there like, oh, my God. Clemson's going to lose. Oh, my God, Michigan just lost to Iowa. And you think about, or USC goes down, or not USC, Washington goes down to USC. Now I'm thinking, you know, you know, like, you know, it's almost the holidays time, right? Yeah. And you, you know that, that you're going to start hearing the Christmas music. I mean, I already hear it when I go to the mall, and I, oh, I hate it. They hate it this early, but you know, you know what I was listening to the other day? It came on when I was walking around. There's a Grinch song. You know, you don't want to touch him with a, a nine-foot pole. If I'm the playoff committee, I'm not touching this season with a nine-foot pole right We now. were talking about it in our show prep. Multiple teams with, you could have a couple teams in there with two losses if you, if, at the end of this. That's because oh. Alabama, Alabama, I can see going undefeated, but that's the only lock I have right now. I saw this thing on Reddit, and it went, um, who would go into the college football playoff right now? And it said, number one, Alabama's offense. Number two, Alabama's defense. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> right, exactly. They, they, were, they were joking how the Alabama spring game is going to have more weight to it than the national championship <laughs> game. Because, <laughs> I mean, look, like Alabama is – the you, you don't get consistencies in life anymore. No, there, no. You, I mean, the only thing you everything's can bet up on, in the air. Like if you if there is one for sure bet that Vegas would let you bet on, and they would never would. Is is the sun gonna rise tomorrow? Because <laughs> that's the only thing that's consistent in life nowadays. First, everybody thought polls were consistent this octo this election season. Well, <laughs> and then you end up with Donald Trump as president elect, and you, there's no consistency. You don't even know what you're gonna do day to day. Oh no. I I, they, I mean, with this fast paced day and age. You know, I don't know what I'm going to do at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Like, But people used to back in the day because yeah. they didn't have distractions like we yeah. do. And now you have live college football. You have live games. You have everything. Nothing is consistent. The only consistency uh, was up until the Cubs won the World Series was that the Cubs were going to never win a World Series, and that didn't happen for 108 years. And the only consistency now is that Alabama is going to be good every year, and the sun is going to rise tomorrow. That's, that's it. Those are the only consistencies. And now if you think about it, you're, you're, I don't even know what could happen this weekend. Oh, no. I, I, I fully expected Rutgers to beat Michigan State. Then Michigan State came out and put a 49 to nothing throttling on the Scarlet Knights. And so let's, let's get into the chaos a little bit more. What do you think the college football playoff picture looks like right now? I mean, who well, are your top four teams? If I had to – oh, I mean, it's loaded in a sense. I see Penn State – um, I see Penn State winning out. I don't think Michigan State can trip them up. 
That's but, that would on. be I wild. Gotta, I gotta set Michigan the stage State. Here. Oh my goodness! I, I don't think Michigan State is good enough to trip them up because I think Penn State's defense well, was, is just. Let's go back two or three weeks good. ago. Was Penn State good enough to trip up Ohio State? No, I mean they have a good. They had a good enough defense that they could hang around long enough. Yes. Did I think it was going to happen? No, I, I didn't. Not at all. And I mean, if Michigan State, we'll get into it a little bit later. But if they play the way they did against Rutgers, I mean, if they're good on the play calling right. and. Um, play action, then the only caveat to that is it was Rutgers. Yes, and even if I yes. did pick Michigan State to lose to Rutgers, that wasn't because Rutgers was phenomenally better. Than I mean, Michigan that's like State. playing East Lansing that, High School. That was a, <laughs> a little bit of hyperbole there, but right. you get the point. I, I I picked I picked Rutgers to win that game because I thought, looking at Michigan State's season, anything that was going to go wrong was going to go wrong, and that's usually not how you look at these kind of things. As a writer, as a journalist, you don't go. Hey, got an inkling, but in sports you're kind of given that free pass, and so that's how I thought. You know, I was like, "Oh, Michigan State season is just going. It, it was bad, then it was worse, then it was just ugly, and then it got like totally. They didn't have a face anymore, and you had to hide. You had to hide your face with a paper bag. This is and and for them to get that win looks good. I mean, feels good for them. You got to remember this Rutgers as well. <laughs> when I think about it, so do I think. Does it boost them going forward to Ohio State and and Penn State? Hey, we got to win. We can we can win again. Yeah, I'm sure that helps morale. But they're going to face phenomenally more skilled teams in Rutgers or not Rutgers in Ohio State and Penn State. Oh yeah, and oh let's let's look at the rest oh, of the yeah, yeah, college yeah, football playoff committee. So track. we have Alabama, Penn State, presumably if they went out, Clemson probably if they went out. Mm-hmm. And then that creates a situation where who's the fourth team? Does it come from the Big 12? Does it come from the Pac-12? Does it come from the Big 10 again? Right. That if Michigan, I mean obviously if you look at the if you look at the Big 10 right now, Michigan all they have to do is win out and they're in. Yeah. And which I could see happening until the they game lost Wilton Spade. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean and, he's and out now, with the now with he's collarbone. Out with a, broken collarbone can john o'corn i take control of the offense you know and who you know who last one on the road in columbus coming off a, a a road loss at night who with a backup quarterback and one in columbus was it michigan state you're damn right it was it was michigan state if that can that happen again yes because michigan is good on defense it can can, can they can they compete with ohio state's fast-paced offense and JT Barrett they haven't done that in a long time well I think another thing is it's going to matter about the Doppler radar because <laughs> oh, that was that was a very weather. big deciding yes. factor in the game last year in Columbus and Uncle Urban he's going to take a page out of that book and he's going to make sure it doesn't happen again right especially hey. against Michigan in probably the biggest game both of them are going to play this right. season they would need so everybody currently needs somebody else to lose except for Michigan Ohio yeah. State needs Penn State to lose to Michigan State or Rutgers and then Michigan I mean they went out they went out um but Penn State um you know Penn State now with their with one loss has to win out and then hope Michigan loses yeah because there's no um you know, but I see Michigan losing to Ohio State, therefore Penn State will get into the Big Ten title game. Can they beat Wisconsin? It's going to be a good game. The only way I can see Washington getting into the playoff is if 
the selection committee takes stock in Penn State winning presumably a Big Ten championship. And yes, Penn State would have to win the Big Ten title game. Oklahoma, the, the Big 12 probably won't be represented because Oklahoma, who leads them right now, only has eight wins, and they, they already have two losses. Um, you could have... You could I, have a two-loss team, but it's very unlikely if the rest... I could see it being if there filled are teams, by, by... If Clemson wins out and Louisville wins out. Yeah. I could see that at the end of the day... Both of those teams get Louisville in? and Clemson. I could see that. Because I could see where you would have the... Obviously, Alabama and the SEC. You would have Michigan or Penn State or Ohio State, obviously out of the Big Ten. Um, or you would have, and then you would have obviously Clemson winning out in the ACC, and they go there, and that spot could get filled by Louisville. I think. Could I see Washington still getting that spot? Washington has to win out and win convincingly. They have to win their Pac-12 championship game because they go in with two losses. I don't think they're better than getting it over Oklahoma. Oh yeah, and. I think Louisville against Michigan. Could could you imagine that as a college football playoff game? And Michigan, I think, has been beginning to show signs of wear and tear. Um, and I, I think the loss against Iowa, it kind of exposed Jim Harbaugh because he made a plethora of coaching decisions that did not work out in U of M's favor. And, I mean, still, though, just that matchup on paper, that is, that's theater at its finest right there. <laughs> you get that Louisville offense, probably the best offense college football has seen in quite some time against that Michigan defense, that good old classic Big Ten, nothing gets by defense. I want to I put a caveat on, I want to put an asterisk or a caveat on Louisville being the best offense we've seen in a long time because if it's not for Lamar Jackson. Oh, yeah. I mean, that dude is just a monster. And he's, he's the only – okay, think about this. I, I thought about this with the Heisman race, too, and Jabril Peppers is effectively out of the Heisman race after that uh, loss to, in, or to Iowa when he didn't contribute very much at all. And when you don't have a Heisman moment when your team's losing or you somehow break open a game, not gonna win the Heisman. Oh yeah, and so I think about it. And I thought about probably... it like this before. I and was Jabril Peppers. If he was gone on that Michigan defense, he takes away a certain element. Are they still good? Do they still win games? Will they still be nine and one at this point? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, but and if you take if you take Lamar Jackson out of Louisville, they're an eight wooden team at best. And that convincing loss that Washington had to USC that probably takes Jake Browning out of it. Yes. And so it really comes down to Deshaun Watson, and it comes down to Lamar Jackson. And just by the numbers alone, Lamar Jackson, Jackson. is head and shoulders above it. Is he the best player in college football? Yes. Offensively, I, yeah. I would – most electrifying, yes. Most game-changing, yeah. Is he most valuable to his team? Yes. I would, I would have to say. Is Clemson as good without Deshaun Watson? No. No. Obviously not. Is he – it just out of pure numbers, I think Lamar Jackson would get it over Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Even though Deshaun Watson perhaps will, will have a career like Dak Prescott is having, I think, in, in the NFL, where Dak, or Deshaun Watson will have a similar type of impact in the NFL as well. Well, even though the Spartans won't be playing in a bowl game this year, uh, they did play in a toilet bowl on Saturday, <laughs> and we'll get into that after this.
Welcome back, everybody, to another Tuesday edition of the State News Sports Podcast. Casey Harrison taking you along today for the ride. And, Stephen, there was a football game on Saturday, and uh, we thought yeah. it was going <laughs> to work out not to Michigan State's State. advantage. No, um, because let me tell you, going into that game, Michigan State had done nothing for me the last seven weeks telling me that they would have been able to defeat a struggling Rutgers team. What about you? They were about as uh, as useful as a scrawny, scrawny bouncer at Rick's. Oh on yeah, a, on a Saturday night. Um, Michigan State. Looking at that game going into it, I you like I I'd said earlier in the show was that anything that was going wrong was going to go wrong, and it didn't. <laughs> That's out, why we're not a Vegas bookie. Did at um at in Spartan Stadium on Saturday, where they the Michigan State's offense just and I wrote about it. They they had a complete game. Michigan State's offense had a complete game. Michigan State's defense had a complete game. And looking at it, the offense hummed on every drive pretty much. The defense looked good on nearly every possession. Or and they they mean they literally held a team to 149 yards, which is what they did in 2013 and 2015. I mean, this is a type of win that you would have expected the Week 3 team to have against this Rutgers team. Right. Because that was the most complete I have ever seen a Michigan State football team play, even last year. Because Michigan State might have won, and they might have found their way in the college football playoff, but they never really had an overly convincing game. No. And no. to see that against Rutgers, it was really refreshing. I'm glad the fans got to see it. I, I, speaking of the fans, that was we Bot and I were talking about it in the box. We were surprised it was seventy three thousand people. Yeah, I I mean I was listening to other radio shows um, when I was in Indianapolis covering the Big Ten men's soccer tournament that they didn't think that they were going to fill out the upper bowl at all. Oh, I could you know I could I could see I could have seen they, they were joking around. They were saying they should have blocked it off or like curtained it off for like a Breslin like like when the oh. women's basketball team plays. Oh right. <laughs> I you know I could I could I could have seen that because tickets were going for six dollars. I mean, you yeah. could have spent your money anywhere else. But I think a lot of I think a lot of people were like, "Hey, it's a Saturday, you know, noon noon game Saturday. The mo- the weather's moderately nice. You know, hey, let's just go catch perhaps their only last win until next August." And, and so people, I think that I think families took advantage of. Uh, I think fam- families took advantage of, you know, I think of the cheap ticket prices. And I wonder if that kind of provided a spark for the MSU football team going forward because the season might be lost, but there's still always – you always want to finish the best that you possibly can. Right. And that's, what, that's a type of performance that shows you that they're not done yet, that they haven't given up. And so they might be playing – the spoilers for a Penn State team, and do you see them they, even competing with Ohio State on Saturday? They had asked someone had asked uh, Josiah Price if he felt like oh Michigan State needed to play spoilers to ruin a couple team seasons, and Josiah Price said, you know, we we don't really think about that kind of stuff. Do they? I think they do. Um, I obviously no one's ever going to admit that in the press. I mean, I if I was a player, I would I would think about doing that. I mean, you would you would think about hey, we have a chance to ruin someone's year, especially teams we don't like. Um, you you I mean, but you go out and win, you go out and compete and win every game. So I mean, that's always that's that's always there. Is there an added factor that we can spoil someone's year? Yeah, but you always compete to go out and win every game. That's never 
that's never something that doesn't cross your mind. You're like not going out there, hey, let's lose. <laughs> and I, uh, I, I threw the question out on Twitter whether or not if Michigan State were to play spoiler oh, against boy. Ohio State. And the question I threw out was, to spite U of M, Michigan State would have to get mollywopped by Ohio State. Read, read, just read your question. Yeah. Just read the question. Um, so if MSU beats Ohio State, U of M advances to the college football playoff, but if Ohio State wins, they advance to the CFP and U of M is left out. Which would you rather have? And the results were surprising, to say the least. Um, oh 40 people casted their votes, and it was tied 50-50. Tied 50? Oh, boy. Stephen, what does that mean to you if Spartan fans want the Spartans I, to well, intentionally lose to Ohio State to spite Michigan? That's kind of like cutting would, off your say, nose to spite your face. I would say... Yeah, thinking about that, I mean, they kind of they they <laughs> gets me kind of heated that it was twenty twenty, mostly because I just wanted a winner, because either way it was going to go off. But at this, maybe it, it makes me feel a bit better that people are thinking a little bit more that they were, they would end up with a, a tied vote in a sense. But the fact that Michigan State fans want to lose to Ohio State, a team they hate, a team they loathe, not necessarily their rival because they're not but they loathe Ohio State. They don't like what Ohio State stands for, in a sense. And they want to lose to them so that their, that their most hated rival doesn't get the chance to play for a playoff or play for the Big Ten title game or play for the college football playoff. And what really irks me is that those people, those fans, hate Michigan more than they love Michigan State. Because at Michigan State, how would you feel if they won out as a Michigan State fan? You would feel great You'd having feel beat Ohio good. State and Penn State, both top 10 teams. It, it would be like Mark D'Antonio finally found that gold again. And, I mean, it, it puts a Band-Aid over the questions that you became would, kind of pressing as to whether or not there should be coaching staff changes because winning is the ultimate Band-Aid. Winning fixes that. You would be, you would be happy. I mean, would that mask some of their problems? Possibly, yes. And you might, you, I think it, uh, an actual fan who looks at it objectively would say, hey, we still need to make changes despite those wins over Ohio State and despite those wins uh, over Ohio State and Penn State. You want to win these games because you want to go, hey, there's going to be a lot of true freshmen playing. There's going to be a lot of freshmen playing. There's going to be a lot of young guys playing. And if they can compete with some of the best teams in college football, even if it's late in the year, that's going to give you a little inkling of hope for next year. That this year was just kind of, hey, everybody was just bad. The future is going to look good, right? That's what you would want. And so it, it kind of irks me that Michigan State fans would want to tank the rest of the season just to spite Michigan. Is that part of being a rival? I guess. But you want, but that almost makes me think that they leached onto Michigan State because they hate Michigan that much. And they're not actual Michigan State fans. They hate Michigan that much. That they would, they, they would rather Michigan got spited than Michigan State do well. Well, I was talking to my roommate last year. I mean, you know Carson. Yes, I do. And a uh, special shout-out. <laughs> um, and he was saying that this season is already at a loss. There's nothing to play for, which obviously we just dispelled right there. But there are people that actually think that. And for them who hate Michigan and think that Michigan State doesn't have a chance... They would rather just see Ohio State run up the score in order for the Wolverines to be left out. It, they, they, they don't look like real fans to me then. Yeah. Because then your hate for Michigan is higher than your love for Michigan State. Yes. 
Which see, you should. That's a red flag. That's <laughs> you shouldn't be a you, fan of. Are you point. a true fan at that point? I don't know. I don't think I, you are. No, I don't think so. I mean, look at Connor Clark in the window behind us. He doesn't look like a like a good fan to me right now. Oh no, he's a bum. He's. Um, we'd like to welcome. We'd like to welcome Connor Clark into the show real quick because we were just talking about some poll results. Uh, Casey Harrison's poll. I mean, I'm sure you've seen it, but Casey, read it for the man anyway. Yeah, so I, I took to Twitter, and hold on, Twitter's loading right now, but I basically asked the question on whether or not Michigan State should try and play spoilers against Ohio State because if Ohio State wins and they win out, there's a chance that they're in the college football playoff and Michigan, and would, Michigan be would be left out. And if Michigan State pulls the upset, then that essentially means that Michigan is a shoe in for the college football playoff. And so we asked, what would you rather? Have? What would you rather have? And the results were fifty-fifty. And to Stephen, that kind of irked him a little bit. That more, made him mad. There's enough people wanted Michigan to or to spite Michigan instead of have Michigan State win. I, I want to hear your thoughts, Clark. I think you have to have to wish that MSU pulls up the upset. I mean, that's the exciting thing. You can't go into the season. Thinking about how to spite other teams. I mean, I know that we've had, you know, the MSU's had a really disappointing season so far, but you always still got to pull for it. I mean, half the mantra of MSU football is how they love to be the underdog. Well, you got the epic underdog this time, but I think you have to go into the game and try your best. I mean, it's the same kind of rule applies for people who tank for draft picks, although it might seem, you know, might seem fun or, you know, might be sweet and probably better, you know. I mean, I don't know. It could be more fun to be spoiler, but I don't think you can ever have that mentality. And I think a lot of athletes, too. I mean, if you're if you're a proud athlete, especially one at Michigan State, you want to beat Ohio State. You want to beat Penn State. You want to beat Ohio State because, well, frankly, you don't sign up to play sports to lose every weekend. I mean, unless you go to Rutgers. But that's something you sign on your NLI. There's a little, there's a little spot there. Uh, we won't get into trash Rutgers anymore. They already... They've already been shut out a collective 185 to, to nothing, having played Ohio State, Michigan, and Michigan State. All been shutouts. Ohio State won 58 nothing, Michigan won 78 nothing, and then Michigan State lays down a 49 nothing spot on Rutgers. And so yeah, but if you're if you're some sort of Michigan State fan, get a new team if you want uh, just Michigan State to tank. And so Michigan uh, has a. Um, you know, lesser or an easier route. Or you, so you want Michigan State to tank so that, you know, um, Michigan has a chance to go to the college football playoff in, in the Big Ten as well. So I would just say screw you if you're a uh, Spartan fan who, who thinks that way. But uh, just kidding. Um, hey, we love our fans. We, we no do matter, lo- we no do, matter what. We do love our fans sometimes. It's like, a, it's like a family argument, you know. At the end of the day, you're still family, even if you voted for Trump or you voted for Clinton. You're still family at the end of the day. So come back. We'll talk about Tom Izzo's newest version of his basketball family and their promising but kind of sad but still promising start over Arizona. So when we come back, we'll talk about their matchup with Kentucky with basketball reporter Connor Clark. Thanks. Welcome back, everybody. And if you heard Casey yell thanks at the end of that segment, it's because I forgot that he's a basketball reporter. He's yeah, what a, am I, chopped liver? You, you are. You're, you're the biggest bum I've ever met. Just kidding. I love you, buddy. But Connor Clark is here to talk a little Michigan State basketball, as you heard him on the last segment about MSU football. Casey, Connor, you guys covered the game on Tuesday. 
And you know what did what did you see that's promising for Michigan State? You know the ending the end result. I mean, not the way you want to end a game, especially that way, especially for a young team. But what did you see that was promising out of that victory? You know what I saw a lot. I mean, we we saw a lot of turnovers, but that's to you know that's to be expected. You know, you got your first game, eighteen. You know, it's a little it's a little much. Uh, Tom Izzo's scheme kind of works that way too. They want to get out and run, and you know they didn't get to do it as much, but. You know, they played with good energy, especially, you know, off the bat. They came in prepared, 17-2 to lead. And, you know, they battled back and forth, and that's all they could really ask for at this point. I know it didn't necessarily go their way. They got, you know, people in foul trouble. Aaron Harris wasn't out there as long. I mean, Miles Bridges, he played 37 minutes out of 40. I mean, I don't think that's something you can keep it the whole time. No. But, you know, they found – I mean, we now – I mean, if we didn't already know, now we officially know that he's definitely your go-to guy in any kind of situation. Oh, so yeah. I think that – you know, as a precursor to that, but you know they they played tough and they show that they belonged at least. You know they didn't. You know even when they got back down, they you know they'd come fighting back seven times or lead changes. So you know they, you know they they showed that they belonged at least even with all their injuries, their bigs they matched in the rebounding margin. Especially so they were, with that with their size. Yeah. And so they're going to have to, I mean, they're going to have to do the same thing in Kentucky. I mean, Kentucky is still a big team. It's not three seven-footers, but, you know, it's it's one seven-footer and six ten. But, you know, they're they're wide people. Right. I mean, yeah. you 260, 255 up there. Yeah. That's going to be more. That's some size. There's some yeah. big boys. It, there's a lot of beef there. So they're going to have to be, you know, I mean, all season, Ward and uh, Kenny are going to be taking slugs like that. And, you know, they want to bring Nick Ward's minutes up a little bit, maybe to, you know, about 20 Izzo in the press conference even mentioned saying maybe they can play with both of those guys out at some times. We'll see if they actually do that or not. But, I mean, at least it shows that, you know, MSU basketball can at least hang uh, with the top talent. Well, going on top of that, before I get into the good things that I saw, um, I mean, it just goes to show you that's why you always play defense. Um, Because to go coast to coast – especially with seven seconds left, um, it's a little bit unorthodox, and I'm not going to necessarily rag on I mean, MSU. Give up, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think it just goes to show, I, I was talking with someone about it earlier, and, I mean, that's why Josh Langford shouldn't have been in the game at that point. And, I, I mean, his you could tell that his hamstrings were probably bothering him a little bit. Um, other than that, I mean... The biggest thing, I think my biggest takeaway from it is that you can't go seven and a half minutes without scoring. I mean, that was a painfully long drought, and that's almost a quarter of your game that you went without scoring. And if MSU didn't give up all those points in the first half, especially going up 19-4, to I think it was, and if they don't let Arizona back into that game, then, I mean, MSU comes away with a win. But... It's not necessarily a bad thing. It's it's a learning experience, and you can't really fault them too much because the season's long and it's only going to get tougher. And looking forward to Kentucky. Kentucky's a really good team. Um, I don't expect MSU to win, uh, even though the matchup is a little bit more um, proportional, I would say. And when you get guys who can come back, I mean – that, did you see that three pointer by Tom Tom? I mean, that was that was such a crazy three pointer. Lucky, a lucky play by a guy who shouldn't be taking the shot. Hit a you get. I mean, you get. Those sounded like a hit a so. bucket of rusty nuts and bolts before it went in. That's how much a rim it got. <laughs> right. And then, I mean, Aaron Harris had a pretty good game. Matt McQuaid 
doing the good shooting. Like I said, um, he was three of, what was it, three of eight from uh, three-point land. That was pretty good, nine points. Um, And then you get guys off the bench. I mean, uh, Nick Ward looked pretty well. I don't know what you guys thought, but he looked pretty good, especially off the bench. And I don't expect MSU to win against Kentucky. Um, That's probably going to be maybe their biggest loss of the season. But that's a hot take. like I said, it's not necessarily a bad thing um, because they're still a young team finding out who necessarily they are. And when you have to do that on the fly, you have to have some patience. And if you're quick to jump off the deep end at this point, then you don't really know what you're doing, to be honest. Well, gentlemen, I want to thank you for our basketball report. Give me your predictions real quick for Tuesday night. Um, I think Kentucky wins this one probably by about 10, maybe a little bit more. But like I said, it's nothing bad. Yeah, Kentucky, I mean, I'd give it to them about about 8 to 10 points. I think your big thing you're going to have to look out for is Kentucky's ability. I mean, they don't, they have shown that they can't really shoot the three so far. They're averaging under 30% as a team. But their ability to get to the foul line has been incredible. 69 free throws in two games, ridiculous numbers, plus – I mean, there were countless, uh, countless people in foul trouble for MSU. I mean, if they're, if you know, they get in that kind of foul trouble early, especially if it's Ward or Kenny, it's going to be a long night for them. So they're going to have to be able to guard the perimeter and you know be able to take away dribble drive penetration. Which right now, with the speed of Kentucky, I don't know if they can do that yet because it's so early in the season. They haven't really gotten their defensive rotations down. Well. That'll pretty much do it for us today on the State News Sports Podcast. I'm Stephen Oshansky. Casey, take it away on your usual final thoughts. Well, follow us on SoundCloud. Uh, remember, we are on iTunes. Um, we have been for a while. And then you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. And I wish everybody a happy Tuesday. Right, we'll see you all on Friday.